Welcome in, everybody, to the 22nd installment of the Dogs Football Podcast. Here on this October 1st, Friday, 2021, we are arriving just about a week five in this SIU season, the 3 1 Salukis. I'm your host, Nick Malone, joined by my co host, as usual, Noel Urge. Noel, what's going on? Yeah, we're back in studio. We, uh, Getting ready for the trip up to Maycomb. If you're able to make it, show out for the Salukis. Uh, hopefully, we uh, come out tomorrow with a win. Exactly. And uh, it's one of those weeks where it's obviously a game that we have full intentions on winning. So we'll get to that here in a little bit. We have some stuff to cover before that, though. We mentioned how in this FCS season, here we are already in week five. And it was posted by the Real FCS account yesterday that we were 100 days away from the national championship in Frisco. Whichever two teams would have the pleasure at that point to playing in that game, we know we have aspirations for that. Uh, But now we are 99 days away from that. So everybody mark your calendars. That's what we've been saying for a while. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how everything we know this gauntlet we got coming up after this specific game this Saturday. So we'll see how we go with that. I wanted to kick things off with that. Noah, obviously, Jordan Burner had an incredible week this past week, and he also has been great over his last eight games. It says here that he won the Suki Athletics Prairie Farm Student Athlete of the Week, not only on the field but in the classroom, a 3.667 GPA in public administration. I recall I graduated almost three years ago, and I had classes with him in kinesiology for uh, sport administration. I don't think that's in kinesiology. It might be, but I just remember... He might have had the same degree as me, I don't recall. He might have been having this the whole time. But Mention Jordan for that. Congrats to him on that. We know, obviously, classroom is more important than on the field. And knowing in these eight games they've been talking about that he's had, they had a video of him on the real account on Twitter, but eight games, 30 tackles, five and a half sacks, nine tackles for loss, and three forced fumbles. Aren't almost all those forced fumbles, or definitely at least two of them, happened this season? Yes, uh, I believe I believe three of them because, uh, well, no, at least two of them. Uh, one was at Kansas State, and the other was a strip sack last week. Yeah, so he's been everywhere. He's warranted definitely a lot of, we mentioned defensive player of the year, uh, you know, front runners, I guess, before the season. I'm sure a lot of those guys are definitely living up to it, but Jordan Burner definitely uh, has lived up to it so far outing the Dayton game, but now that we know that the games will ramp up, that he'll even keep being a factor. Him and Jordan, or him and Anthony Knighton, excuse me, that we know is one sack away from breaking the record. So I would like to know where Jordan ranks all time. I'm sure obviously that's out there somewhere, but good job, Jordan, on that. Wanted to get that out there. Some quick things known before we get into some of the big stuff. Madre Harper, as we know, got released by the Giants before the season started from their, from their team. But the Panthers, obviously we know, uh, Jeremy is on the Panthers, and he they signed Madre to the practice squad. So uh, good job for him. Obviously, you know he obviously played with Jeremy in years past. So you know they have that camaraderie on there. So that helps him. So good luck to Madre, and hopefully making the roster because we know they're they just made a big trade for a defensive back uh, just in this past week. So they could use all the ones they could need. So. Good luck to him and good luck to Jeremy. Obviously, the three and zero Panthers. You know what? Today we just or we found out not too long ago from his tweet. It's Bryce Notre's birthday. As we know, Bryce is a huge factor to this team, and he will continue to be. 
Uh, so it's his birthday week. Birthday week to maybe get uh, have a big impact on the game on Saturday. Yeah, there'll be a big, uh, big birthday gift. We uh, he has a big game. We come out with a big win. Yeah. So uh, uh, happy birthday, Bryce! If you're listening, if you end up listening, uh, there was a tweet. Also, we wanted to get this out here real fast. Our condolences to Mike Reese, the great Mike Reese, on the passing of his mother recently. Because uh, we were wondering, you know, he always has these great interviews that they have weekly, and I'm sure he's been dealing with that. So, our condolences to you, Mike. Um, he, but he tweeted a couple days ago about the current status, obviously, of Landon and Avante all time, and that those two are. He mentioned a lot: 237 combined catches, 3,300 3, yards, and 22 touchdowns. That is, the, that is on the list of top SAU receiving duos and for the year. So if you, Lane has been here a long time. Avante got here in 2019, as we know. So you combine them in that amount of time, that's still I – mean, that's higher than Jones and Fowler back in the day. Michael and McKinney dominated that from 11 to 14. And then – so, yeah, second all-time, really, in production. That's pretty cool. So – uh, kudos to them. Wanted to get that get that out there. Uh, and then Mike had a tweet also, Noah, on the production of our defense the last uh, however long, definitely in the first four games, but in the last, even going back to the spring season, if I can find it here. Yeah, it has we had 12 QB sacks in four games so far this year. It's a lot of production going around the defense and the defensive line. And as he said, in 13, he had 13 sacks in 10 games in the spring. Seven of the Saluki's 12 sacks this fall are by newcomers Kevin Glacian, who has three, Haggerty has three, and Cam Bowdry, who we know gets limited action but makes an impact when he does. And all three are Division One transfers, yes. So we've talked about all these guys. Not as much Cam, but definitely Richie and Kevin because they have a, a lot more production, a lot more opportunities. So definitely guys making the impact. We know most of the guys we've added have made impacts. Some were slow starters, but some are coming around. Um, then Noah in the doghouse had Landon, we know, this past week. We sneak peeked it on Monday for people to listen. And it was a good, uh, really good interview talking about, uh, well, one that talked about his brother Lance, and I think he likes our tweets, and he's active on Twitter, that Landon's looked up to him this whole time. He's currently a free agent in the NFL, but he's working his way back. Uh, they just preached to him about how unstoppable that him and Avante go into every week knowing – they asked him, uh, how would you guard Landon Lenore? And he went into detail about that. And uh, him and Avante have the confidence that they go on every week, like I said, unstoppable. So they keep that mindset. And just a lot of other things they told him about to get ready for this week. And Noah, we mentioned in the doghouse, I, I guess it was a week ago, we, we had mentioned, we didn't have the time, but Matt Kupak, the interim uh, AD, was on, in the doghouse, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Uh, yeah, he talked about, what what what's he seen so far? And he uh, went on to say that he went to Saluki, Saluki Row on Saturday, and he he went on to say he has we have the best tailgate in the FCS, and he went on to say in the country, which uh, that's a little little steep to say, but we we know what he's trying to say is, and uh, he's really confident in what's happening and what's going to continue to happen in Saluki athletics and. In general, and uh, he said he talked about a little, little bit of his time in uh, North Carolina, and uh, he's uh, good friends with uh, Roy Williams and best friends with Mac Brown, who's the coach now. Back, back, back the coach again at North Carolina, and uh, 
he mentioned maybe trying to get a game with them. Uh, don't know if he'll get how long. He says he, does, he, he don't know of how long he'll be the interim AD or how long, but that'd be pretty cool if we could get a game down there in Chapel Hill. You were talking about it because you are a UNC overall fan, and they have had a, you know definitely a good season this year and moving forward, turn that program around. Like you said, Mac is there. And, yeah, getting uh, some games with them. Obviously, we talked how contractual that is. So, yeah, it would be nice down the road if we worked that out. And, yeah, he does sound like it does seem like a good guy. And, you know, if he does a decent job, we don't know how long they'll keep the interim tag on him in general before they find somebody officially that searches on, as we know. But if he sounds good and likes the job, you know, you said that he does have some experience in it. So if he does a nice job, maybe they just stick with it. That's just all if he wants to continue doing it. So good interview with him. Noah, some other things before we get into the big stuff again. We've heard recently, obviously, Belmont has joined the uh, basketball for the Missouri Valley recently, and there's been talks, and someone can, we got to get confirmation from a lot of others locally and others nationally. Someone, a verified guy that follows Kentucky basketball, mentioned that uh, Murray State soon is closing in on coming to the Valley as well. That's a name that we've obviously, that we'll cover more on the next basketball one as well. But Noah for football, we know that they've we played them a couple years ago and we dominated them at their place. But they've been on the semi up and up recently. They stole a recruit from us, didn't they? Uh, can't think of his name at the moment. Or he visited there. I think he committed there though. I believe you're talking about Caden Robbins. Camden Robbins. Camden Robbins. Yeah, he committed there, right? Correct. So I mean, they're getting some guys that we're in on. And definitely, if they come here, we talked though. If they join the valley. You know, they might not have a lot of success. There's a lot of great teams, as we know, in the SEC of the SES. And, uh, but wouldn't we say if they came in here, they'd be among the, unless they turn it around totally, which is possible, they can upset games. It happens all the time. But they'd be on the likes of what, the Youngstowns and the Western Illinois, you think? Yeah, they'd be in the lower tier of the, the Valley Conference in football. Uh, not sure how well they could be able to compete, but it would help them in recruiting. So that could be a, plus and turn around that program. I agree. And we don't know officially. We know for basketball sake, we know, you know, obviously there's teams in the Missouri Valley for football that aren't in basketball as Missouri Valley. So I'm sure they would make the move for both. Uh, Obviously, like I said, this isn't totally confirmed yet, but we have a feeling obviously it's going to come about soon. So we mentioned the 11 teams for basketball, and now it looks like it's going to be to 12. And I'm sure they'll both start in the same following next year or the year after that. So I'd say July. July, like Belmont, Belmont's yeah. kicking in, and Murray will probably do the same, I agree. So just wanted to get that in there because we know, obviously, like I said, they're coming to a great football conference. So if they join for football, really wish them luck moving forward. But look, definitely look forward to it for basketball. Uh, Noah, a bracketology came out recently. That's weekly that comes out, obviously, in this, in the, based upon the standings and how teams do. What's that looking like this week? Yeah, last week we uh, – multiple multiple people do this, but Sam Herter is the main one we like to follow. Last week, uh, the top eight seeds, he had us as the seventh seed, but UC Davis continues their strong season, went on the road at Weber State and beat Weber State. So we slide down to eight. So they moved up to six. So as the eight seed, which we would uh, get the winner – According to him, we get the winner of Kennesaw and East Tennessee State, who East Tennessee State is uh, the favorite in their conference, and they beat SEC's Vanderbilt. So that's a big win for them, and uh, we'd be in the same little bracket as uh, Sam Houston on the other, and down below us would be the seeds 
or Montana and North Dakota State. So you get out of the likes of the gauntlet of going through, have to going through James Madison and South Dakota State, but you get the number one team in the country. Yeah, so definitely there's always a chance, obviously, of getting the top one or getting like the, like barely after them, the second, third, and fourth. Yeah, and we mentioned, I mean, we'll, we'll be nervous for the South Dakota State game, as we should. We know we play them in a couple of weeks, so we'll see what that's like at their place because odds, well, if we beat them at their place and we have a good year, they might end up having to come to us down the road in the playoffs. So it's interesting to talk about because if we play well there, I'm not sure how, because we almost beat them in the playoffs last year, that if we meet them again, we'd be more confident. You know, the James Madisons and Sam Houstons, those are teams – that are elite and teams we have haven't seen before, maybe even ever. So uh, obviously not in the regular season sense and playoff sense. It's been forever before last year that we would have even thought about seeing them. So uh, teams like that would definitely be tough and more. But you'd rather be in a in a in a side that definitely that's if they're the main ones you have to go through. That's fine. If you have to beat a South Dakota State and or then and James Madison, that's tough. So it definitely always matters how you fall in brackets and who you'd have to go through, even though you're confident you can beat anybody. And we're hoping by the time that all this gets around and all these games happen and they go our way, hopefully that it won't matter. Cause we talked how recently Jacob Garrett projected to come back around the Northern Iowa game and we'll get Rice and strong back. We know we've lost in some of the injuries as well, like James Caesar, but we think we can ride the tide if we can stay consistent, obviously and start games better. That's for sure. But, uh, yeah, so looking forward to that. It's always interesting, but we'll keep updating that every single week. Uh, Noah, let's get into another big one before we preview the reason why we're having this, our Week 5 opponent, Noah, the recruiting update. We know, we've talked, uh, we've, we've uh, DM'd on Twitter Jimmy Lansing a lot and his family and his mother uh, It was, uh, or we're thankful that she, because we talked before to Jimmy about finding out how he does in his games and stuff. And she sent us the uh, link for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and, and finding out every single way to get to not only him, Noah, but as we know, we can go and look at our Lutheran North guys and how they're doing. We've done that. So let's get into the production of all these guys so far. Yeah, uh, Jimmy and Ryan, as offensive linemen, there's really no stats they keep track of. But And uh, along with Connor Lair, could not find any stats on him out of West Plains, our newest commit. Uh, but watched all ta- I watched some tape on all three. They look really good. Uh, can't wait to get them here to Carbondale. But uh, our recent other commit, Ryan Schwindeman, um, he's a athlete. He plays tight end, and he plays linebacker slash edge rusher. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, he has 15 catches for 236 yards and a touchdown this year. Uh, also has, uh, on the defensive side, 18 tackles, two sacks, and a fumble recovery. So that's big time. Uh, I'm thinking he'll play tight end once he gets here. Not sure on that. Um, going to Lutheran North, Jalen Banks, he has uh, 15 tackles and three sacks this year. Then our uh, athlete quarterback or safety um, this year has uh, 41. He, as a quarterback, I just did as a quarterback, he's uh, 41 of 67 for 991 yards, 11 TDs, and a pick. So he's also rushed 27 times for 213 yards and three touchdowns. So that is their individual stats. But uh, Ryan Chanley and the boys down at in Canton, Georgia, they're two and three. 
They go on the road tonight. They play an 0-5 Woodstock team, so hopefully we can get back to 500 there. Um, Chaminade, our boy Jimmy, they're 2-3, so uh, hopefully they get back on track. They play tonight. They play at a they play they host an 0-5 Vianney, so hopefully they can also get back to 500. Um, Lutheran North, our boys. A little bit of a uh, little bit of a win streak here, so uh, they're now three and two, won two straight, two and zero in conference, and they host a also an zero and five Marquette Marquette Catholic school, so uh, they can go to four and two. That'd be a big win. Um, our newest guy is Ryan Schwindeman. He plays for St. Dominic at O'Fallon, Missouri. Um, they're three and two. They go on the road tonight to St. Mary's, who beat our Lutheran North boys earlier in the year. Then our newest commit, Connor Lair. His team is 5-0. and He plays for West Plains out of West Plains, Missouri. 5-0. and They go on the road tonight to the undefeated 5-0 and team out of Lebanon. So that should be a good matchup. We'll stay tuned and recap those games on Monday. Yeah, because we know we have a lot of talented guys, and you mentioned Brian Brown, the season he's having. We were surprised at the little rushing that he's done this year. We know he's dual threat, but maybe he's just the opportunities are there to launch the ball downfield, and he's been making it happen. And, yeah, Connor Lair, because we've, we've seen and we talked about already that people say we, we get a steal with him and his versatility, um, especially, uh, you know, and you mentioned all those teams getting back on track, and that's really nice. And, uh, uh, yeah, Connor Lair is definitely – uh, someone we got will be saying a lot of his name down the road. I was going to say something else on those, and I totally forgot. Uh, so that is what everyone currently is doing that is on board for 2022. Our, our, it's, not, it's We've talked before, this class is right there. But 2016 class, if you produce an NFL talent who's playing so good on Sundays at the time, obviously you don't, you don't know. But – how it turns out and we'll see how this class would turn out. But no, this is easily the best class they've had since their first year when they got like all those other guys to flip and come here in 2016. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Uh, the postseason success have just flipped it just, just like that. So easily. Um, we brought talent in every class we have, but the start of this class is looking really, really good. So if we can keep adding to that talent, I know with COVID that we have uh, probably not very many spots. I don't know how many we will bring in, but I'd say we bring in 15 or so, or it could be even more. But, uh, yeah, that's a great start to the class. He's, we have some talent here, but there's some still guys that we're interested on, we're in on and have offered, and I've got my eyes on them. Yeah, without a doubt. And because uh, like, we mentioned all the all of the visits that uh, – or all the players that took a visit this weekend is just out of this world. If, yeah, everyone go check our uh, – if they go check our uh, feed, and there was like at least, yeah, like a 20-tweet strand of us just retweeting people that were there, and we covered down the last one. So very active in your right. We've talked about it so much. Success will come your way and if, on the field, and it will come your way off the field and landing guys to continue that success. So we're always proud of that. So that is an update on that. Is there any – we haven't seen anything else though recently on terms of uh, visits down the road or other guys we've been interested no, in? No, uh, your next – you'll see uh, probably next update on that kind of stuff or unless there's offers out there, we'll let you retweet that. But uh, visit-wise, you'll probably be the week of the North Dakota game. 
But yes, and yeah, down the road we'll definitely they'll be wanting to go to those games and those uh, great and uh, close games. We're hoping uh, to obviously rejuvenate our season in the right direction continuously. So now, no, let's get into the Leathernecks of Western Illinois. As we know, we'll say it again. Supposed to play them last year at their place, and they—that's when they canceled their season. So they should have came here, but we are going there again. You mentioned Maycomb, and whoever's been making the long trip there. Uh, but some stats into these guys before we get into who they have. We sneak peeked on the last one. They lead the all-time series 36, 24, and four because largely it was won all the 18 games played by the teams between 1984 and 2001. And we are 11, 18, and 3 in games played in Maycomb. Our last meeting, I was obviously two years ago. We play them every year. The teams had met every season since 1981 until, until yeah, they opted out last year. Uh, when we beat them two years ago, 45-21, Javon gained 100, almost 150 yards and three rushing touchdowns in that game. I wonder what that is. If you were to have that in fantasy, what kind of game that would be 150 yards rushing and three touchdowns. That's about a 50, 50 point game right there. That's hilarious. And that he's, we rushed for 370, 375 yards of the team that game. And the average score of our game since 2012 is us 34 to 25. So some little tidbits on that and the history of it. We know it's a team. We feel like we know we should beat. And on, on the road, obviously it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy, but uh, no, if they were to knock us off, and we mentioned Nick saying that obviously if we go in there expecting to win and we don't come out sharp, fundamentally that they will beat us. Let's get into some of those players they have that could make that possible for them. Yeah, uh, their coach, getting their coach real quick, uh, Jared Elliott, and this is his fourth season. His head coaching career is off to a not good start. He's eight and twenty-five. Um, this this Leatherneck team was picked to be the bottom feeder of the valley. Um, they were picked 11th. Uh, they're 1-3, one 1-0 and one and oh in conference play, though, with a 28-point comeback last week at Youngstown State, 38-35, a barn burner. So a big one for them. Um, Getting into some players. Um, Missouri Valley Football Conference, Defensive Player of the Week this week, Darius Joyner. He's their safety. That's a guy to watch. Um, preseason picks for all, all conference teams. First team was Dennis Houston. Um, he's their he's their lead wide receiver. Um, he is fifth in all purpose yards in the country, first in receiving yards, and he's tied for second in touchdowns this year. So that's a guy to watch. Going to his quarterback, um, Connor Sampson. He has four TD passes in each of his last two games. He's seventh in the nation in passing yards, tied for seventh in touchdowns. Um, he was an honorable mention preseason pick. Uh, another wide receiver, Tony Tate. He was a second-team pick as a wide receiver and also as a returner. So they have two good wide receivers and a heck of a quarterback. Um, William Waddle, offensive lineman, he was honorable mention, and punter Adam Fellner. So they got some solid players. Uh, Joyner is second in the nation in tackles. Um, is also DB Michael Lawson is 10th in the nation in tackles. So they got some... A lot of their DBs are doing some tackling, so but I don't think they face any running backs like we got. So if if they're getting if either those guys play play down at the line of scrimmage like Quay and Clayton does a lot of the times, or guys are getting to the second level. So I, I think we could have some success on the ground here. But getting into really more of them, uh, 
they don't run the ball much. A lot of passing. I believe their leading rusher only has 107 yards for the year. Miles Wanza, he has 27 attempts for 107 yards, no touchdowns. They only have 400, 357 yards on the ground this year as a team, so that's not a lot. Um, Connor Sampson, he is um, 115 for 168 for 1,219 yards and 10 TDs, a long of 75. So he's averaging 304 passing yards a game. So our defense and DBs are going to have to be ready. Yes, and uh, did you mention Dennis Houston? Yes. Yeah, because his because I think it was that who I saw. I was thinking they were running the ball like crazy. Yeah, 153.8 all-purpose yards per game so far. That's fifth in the country. Yeah, so that is something to keep an eye on. Those gadget guys. That could beat us. But would you say overall, we'll give us some quotes here by Nick Hill to end this thing. That obviously we've talked down upon them before. But is this maybe the best team they've had in a while? Like, because we, we, you just mentioned all the players and how so far they're leading in a lot of things in the country and definitely in the conference. I wonder if this is the best team they've ever they've had in a while. Um, or the last. And under Jared Elliott's career, yes, uh, they used to be. They used to be a playoff contender every year in the Valley. Uh, they just had some rough patches. Uh, Jared really hasn't got his staff, his team going yet under them. But as we've seen under Nick Hill, that it doesn't always start as fast as everybody wants, and it's taken a while. So, But they were picked. Everybody thought they'd be the bottom feeder, and here they are. They've surprised a lot of teams. First game of the year, they went at the Max school, one of the top Max schools that was picked in the conference at Ball State. Gave them a battle, only lost by 10. Um, they went at Montana, got blown out at Montana, which Montana is one of the top five teams in the country. Maybe maybe one of the people that need to talk about a national championship contender. Uh, that team beat the, the top 20 team in the country in Washington. So, yeah, that was uh, a noteworthy finish if they kept that close. Yeah, uh, they got blown out there. But uh, then they came home, they hosted a – Another top team, top ten team in the country, Eastern Washington. Uh, they it was a barn burner. Only lost sixty two fifty six. They that's a lot of fireworks there. And last week I said they had a twenty eight point comeback. So we could see if we know our defense is really good, but maybe we see a, a lot of high scoring this week. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. And we have to make our predictions. That totally that escaped me at one point. We'll make that here shortly. We mentioned with Western scheduling those top FCS teams because they didn't get, you know, just the not going whatever for the FBS route totally. But it's it's one of those things where they know, like, if we can keep it close or maybe pull off an upset, that that'll help our resume. Because obviously if we just try to, you know, because our conference is so good that, that if they try to compete in that, it won't do them any good. So non-conference, go and get paid and go into these places that will help them out the best way possible. So I, we admire them for that for sure. Um, some quotes here from Nick Hill. You did mention their quarterback. Yeah, he's really experienced. He said, quote, they're a pretty well-oiled machine on offense, pretty streaky. They can score in a hurry. Sometimes you're watching film and they are down. They come back to score in chunks and score quickly, as you said. They are fast. You have to be disciplined with your eyes on how they line up. Jared had always done a great job of doing that, so we have our work cut out for us. I think they've settled in on defense. Their coordinators have changed several times over the last few years. That is what we have. Uh, sorry, that is what we have settled into. Not looking at scores or records. It's really about what they are capable of doing, and they put together some really good series, quarters, halves against some good teams. I think they have a good football team. Uh, 
So, and we know Nick's going to give teams props before see before any game. And obviously, he knows experience in this conference, and he's preached a lot that you don't want to take anybody for granted when you get to this point. But uh, another game we expect to win, but an, a hard-fought road game once again. So. We, again, don't know the uh, spreads. We find that out at some point during the day of that, and we mentioned that on the post pod on Mondays. Uh, but is the over-under at least down? No. No, but it's going to be high 50s. High right. 50s. Maybe, yeah, high 50s, I'd okay, say. Yeah, because they know what we can do, and then, yeah, they, we know that they can also score in bunches as well. So prediction-wise, I will go with a final score of 41. Hmm. 41 to, let's see, 41 to 18. 41 to 18. If my math's correct, that is a 23-point victory. Um, so you'll probably be taking the dogs minus. Dogs minus, and you said the 50s, and that makes it, what, what is that over, I said? you That would be 59. 50s. Okay, so, so the over and dogs. Over. We're going to keep us going, and these obviously will change and these next four games after this game is probably the last time we're able to pick us in those regards. So that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I went with a score of 42-24, so... Uh, 18. 18 as well, but... Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. Um, let's see what happens. Yes, and in our records, you are 6-0 and on, 5-1, and one, so again... 8 no. Gosh, I've totally... For, this past week escaped me. 7-1 and, one and 8 no. So we're looking good, and we will keep that up. Hopefully, everybody preaches that we that we uh, continue to have this record that we do. So, like I said, this will be the last week we'll be able to pick pick games like this. So until the end, so we got to get past this comment. So we'll see how we pick for those pre dogs of the game. Noah, what do you got on offense? Offense, uh, I think we can take advantage there. There. Uh... Looks like a lot of guys are getting to that second level. Uh, came off a hot game, was one of our offensive dogs of the game last week. I'm going to stay hot with Donovan Spencer. That's who I was thinking about, too, because he is on fire to an extent. And I will mention, uh, uh, it could be a plus for us, but big chance of rain in the, in our area in Illinois tomorrow. So it could be, all, it could be a running kind of game, and so that could shut down a lot of their air attack. We'll see. I couldn't agree more. And depending upon, yeah, the impact of the rain or how hard it is and all that jazz, that, yeah, very well could end up being a run game. And uh, I would agree. But if we're if we're going, definitely going running uh, and then the mix of, you know, different kinds of stuff that we've yet to see fully. We've seen a pass, like, in the first four games itself. I'll go with Javon to, to because of that. You know, I took Justin last week. And I agree with you. If the rain impacts, it'll be a running game. And I'll go with – Javon, who, like I said, can do a lot of things. So if they don't fully go in the air, that they could do a guy that, that can do it all if they go that route. So that's uh, – what about defense? Defense, uh, our, our DBs don't – our corners don't move side to side very often. They usually stay on one side. But I'd like to see P.J. Jules take, take the leadership and say, hey, coach, put me on Dennis Houston. That's my guy. I'm sticking on him all game. Exactly. Okay, uh, I will go with – I'll go with Jordan – or I'll go with – I keep saying Jordan because they're so intertwined with one another. I'm going with Anthony Knighton because he will break the sack record, and I think that alone being the all-time, and he will be in the Slookie Hall of Fame one day, 
I'm going with Jordan. Or, God, I did it again. I'm going with Anthony because he's got to do it at some point, and this seems like an all right game to do it for. So I'll go with Anthony Knighton to break it because, like I said, breaking that alone deserves that in and of itself. Special teams. Special teams, uh, probably with the rain, if it's raining, probably won't see a lot of returns. So, But I'm going to say Jack is the main guy. Jack seems to always be the main guy, and if it's rain – yeah, he will be pivotal in doing that. I'll go with Nico then because if we get downfield and know we're getting field goal opportunities and the rain's bad and the weather is bad, if he can zone in that mama mentality and kick the and make those kicks, can't go wrong. So any of you guys that, yeah, both our kicking guys are definitely prime targets for that. So we mentioned our scores. We will discuss all of this again on Monday and hopefully with a W before, like we mentioned, the tough games ahead. So stay tuned for all that. Stay tuned for this as well. We are in October. It is Spooktober. It is time for the cool weather to cool weather to officially get here for these games and down the stretch for this great FCS season that we're hoping we can continue to have. So for Nick Malone, no alerts. We will see you guys on Monday. Hopefully everybody will be watching ESPN Plus tomorrow, three o'clock. Go dogs.